Okay, good evening. Welcome back. Man, that was dramatic Great. right there. I felt like I was like sure. in a waiting room at the theater. Yes, sir. Episode 41. Welcome everybody in on if you're listening on Twitter Spaces or Twitter Live or YouTube Live or hitting all the sources the best we can. I am Texans Cap. Go by Texans Cap on Twitter. And we got the Cap and Trade YouTube channel joined by Landry Locker of 610 Radio and the Locker Room on YouTube. Landry, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. I'm loving this process. I'm loving the way everything's going. Loving the discussions that we have going on with this season. Loving the arguments about whether you want them to lose or don't want them to lose. Uh, looking back on the picks that Casario has made, because I think the halfway point is where you can evaluate. You know, like everyone says, well, you don't rush to judgment or we got a lot of season left. But at the halfway point, you can really assess things. And I, I'm enjoying just being able to assess things. And this is where we're just gathering as much information as possible heading into the future of this organization. Yeah, it's, I mean, it definitely hit the, the hot spot, you know, halfway through the season. And now you're trying to, you want to be positive. You want to see, like, at this point, I, I view it as you want to see competitive losses, right? You, you, you want to continue the losses, but you don't want to have the blowout. Or do you? If you want a new coach, that's the other, that's the other angle to it. Sometimes you want competitive losses, but sometimes if you think the coach is kind of showing himself a little bit and you wonder if he's the right guy for the job after this year, do you want competitive losses? See, yeah. just at, just I mean, threw a curveball on at you. Yeah, now man. there's just another way to look at games. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, I mean, we'll dive right into that. I mean, it's, is Lovey coming back next year? And it's it's too early to say, but I, if he's going to be back, I, I definitely don't want him as a defensive coordinator as well. If if he needs to be more of a figurehead head coach only and bring in a new defensive coordinator. And I was watching your show earlier today where you were talking about the differences in Chicago Bears defense when they had Ron Rivera for three weeks, then Lovey and his own – or three, three years, I'm sorry – three years and then three years of himself and his guy. And then he brought Rod Marinelli in and it was a drastic difference between the three from the three years that Lovey was manning it. The they were never in the top dropped, half. Yeah. They dropped out compared to, to Ron Rivera and, and Rod Marinelli running things. So it just kind of makes me concerned. You know, you see the same thing here. I, th I think a lot of fans, including myself, were, were looking forward to this season hoping that the defense would at least be a middle-of-the-pack defense, right? And they're obviously not even close. The pass coverage is pretty solid, but the rest of the unit is just really bad. The front seven is really bad. And they're no, not even a middle-of-the-pack defense. They're back into the defense, back into the league. And so that just, you know, do you bring Levy back or do you face that PR backlash of yet another one-and-done under Nick Casario, especially the – under the circumstances that Lovey was hired under with the the lawsuit and the the drastic change from McCown or Gannon or whoever they were going to go with before they shifted to Lovey Smith on a Sunday night at 10 30 PM when that Adam Schefter tweet came out, you know, it just makes you wonder how, what, what direction will the team go? And I, if, if Lovey's going to stay, I'm, I'm, I can, be sold on that, but it's got to be a new offensive coordinator. It's got to be a new defensive coordinator. Frank Ross has to stay, obviously, but that would kind of be my contention on the matter. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. Um, the thing that I think they that shouldn't come into play is perception or PR, because I think now that Jack Easterby's gone, I do think a lot of the stuff that made this place, you know, not completely be able to put the BS from the past in the rear view was because he was there. So I think because of that, because I did hear there were GM, there was at least one GM that didn't want this job because Jack was here. Um, right. And, and McLean has said it on the, on the air. Uh, I think he was from Seattle, uh, whoever they interviewed from Seattle. So mm -hmm. I've, I've heard that like that, that, yeah. that was, that was on our show. So I'm not like breaking news there. So I do think the job is more appealing. Uh, and I think that, if perception is something they're going to worry about, I think they're doing themselves a big disservice. Now we can make the case for, and we can make the case against. And I think both of us want to make it clear, Bill Belichick, Buddy Ryan, like no coach could make this defense really, really good. We agree on that, right? 
Yeah, the personnel's not there. And not for the system that they're trying to run, at least. Exactly. And that's my thing, is that even when they do have the personnel, I just don't think that Lovey's the one that can coach this team up. So you, so you ask yourself the question, like, are they going to be ready next year to where if they do have a good offseason, they can be like, you know, maybe the Giants or something like that and coach above what you think they should be? Like, can, can they coach up the players? Will they have a good enough team for that? I, I think it's possible. And if so, I just don't know that Lovey's the right guy for that. We know he's not long-term, so – I don't know that he's the right guy for that. I can understand the other side of things where, you know, you want to keep growing. You want to keep developing. You want to let the process play out. Uh, you want to give him more of a shot. But if I were Nick Casario, I mean, it would be, it would definitely be a discussion. It would definitely be a discussion with everybody that I trust. We would get around and we would talk about pros of keeping lovey cons of keeping lovey um, where we are now compared to where we were when we hired him. Uh, all the all the all the differences so that so that you can explain that, you know, this is much different than when Deshaun Watson has ongoing legal negotiations, when Deshaun Watson wants to be traded, when Jack Easterby's still here, uh, when the Flores uh, lawsuit uh, and everything is going on, when Josh McCown is being linked to us and, and, and all this stuff and, and why this is is much different. Uh, so I. I completely think that this is at least a discussion that's being had, especially if you're watching this team. If you're watching this team play and you're watching the way that things are playing out, I think this is at least a discussion to be had, regardless of how you feel about it. Yeah, it has to be a discussion that has to be had, obviously, at the highest levels. And I don't, even if you kept him for a year, I mean, it's, I don't really see the point in that. I mean, he's he came here, he he studied the ship, you know, post Watson, post Easterby, post whatever air. Things starting to they start to look like a functioning organization at this point. So now you just have to decide can Lovey take that next step? And I'm just not entirely sure he can. Maybe he can kind of float through another year, but he's really not the long-term solution regardless. I mean, you're basing he, it on 15 years of data too. Like it's not right. like it's his first year coaching. Right. And so I almost feel like you, you know, maybe you can promote him up into like the Romeo Cornell, oh my, you know, type of, you know, just associate, whatever, whatever title you want to give him. That's not a head coach. And, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's something else he'd be interested in. I don't know that Lovey would be interested in that kind of, that kind of role with the team, but you know, it, it worse comes worse. You know, you find another coordinator, defense offense and lovey stays on for another year with a very 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 slim opportunity of making it through the season you know if the team is not even close to sniffing the playoffs next year then you you make the move midway through the season but then it's just another wasted year so you know and also you just kind of have to really decide you know is he the person to if you drafted the quarterback is he a person that you want mentoring and bringing in and helping develop that quarterback, regardless of who your quarterback coach is and your offensive coordinator. I'm just not entirely sure he's that guy. I'm not entirely and I think, sure. I think he deserves a lot of credit for that, man, because, um, you know, it's, it's easy to just crap on him and you start evaluating him as a guy that is coaching when expectations are greater. But this is the thing, man. Like, for this situation, I still think he was very, very good. Like, I don't, I don't think they made a mistake hiring Lovey Smith with where they were. I think they can make a mistake of keeping Lovey Smith too long uh, or not, you know, fixing the things around him like coordinators. But just the fact that we're having this discussion and the fact that they have gotten from where they were when they hired him to where we think they're going to be this offseason with all the assets and the opportunity in front of them, that that speaks to Lovey bringing some stability and allowing uh, some credibility to be there. And because I don't think with David Culley that things would be as stable. Like, I don't, I don't like say what you want. I don't think they would be as stable. I think it would be a little bit silly. I always thought there was like a silly factor with David Culley. I do, I do think Lovey deserves credit that we're even talking about the next step because I think he was right for the previous step or the step, I guess, that we're in right now. Yeah, that's, that's, pretty much in line with what I'm thinking is, and he's, he's studied the ship. He's, he's got the, or, you know, he's helped the organization get back in line. Like we're talking about functioning like a real organization. 
And that's, that's what you needed. And now we're here. So now what's next? What's next is trying to continue revamping the young core phase out some of the other veterans. You're still going to have to keep some veterans around, but start shifting this team back to a younger, younger, younger player set and continue that development and continue to fire, find who your core player is. You already have two or three players in there and this next draft will be another step towards building that core. It's just the decision, you know, is he the man to continue this development? Yes, he can keep the organization steady, but it, can he take it to the next level? And that's, you know, that's just something that's going to have to be a good discussion point between uh, between Nick Casario and Cal McNair and anyone else that's involved in that discussion. So, I, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, it's clear this team's probably not going to end up more than two or three wins at best. You know, hopefully it's a hopefully it's two and sixteen, and the the second win is against Cleveland on Dece- in December when Watson. Well, hopefully comes. the Raiders win another game. <laughs> yeah, they're playing Denver this. Uh, uh, this yeah, weekend, we so need we need something. Hopefully we can get them and that give us that one and a half game buffer. Yeah, because that tie there. could come back to bite you really hard. Yeah, I mean, luckily we the team lost to Las Vegas, so that helps a little bit in the head. No, because the tiebreaker doesn't come into play now because of the half game. The half game separate. Yeah. So if Las Vegas has yeah. as many two wins, wins and, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you, you really need to be two up on them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you need them to get to three. Yeah. The other thing that I think is, as we put a bow on the lovey thing is the other thing that I think comes into play is do they love someone that's out there? Cause if they don't like love someone that's out there, then maybe they think they just keep it going and figure out what lovey can do. And and maybe Lovey can do something. I just think he needs a new defensive coordinator. And I think he needs, I think he did, I think he has a hand in the offense too. Like I think that oh. I think I, I I don't think it's easy to call offense for Lovey Smith. Uh, there's some coaches, like offensive coaches in college, like the air raid guys, where you talk to a defensive coordinator and defensive dude, it's hard. Like <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's he's not he's not in there. Harder. He's not in there scripting up the first 40 plays of the game, but He's but he there. is saying, he's, but he is saying we want to run the ball there. and we want right. to, you know, we want to do this. I, like he he came out and said that. He yeah, I mean he's, he spoke he's for there. Pep Hamilton about what yeah. they want to do. Yeah, he's in there going, We need to get this amount of yards per carry because we've heard him say that number over and over and over. And he's you know, in there saying we need to get this game built upon running the ball, and then we can set a play action or whatever it may be from there. But yeah, I'm sure he's in there giving his input at a thirty thousand foot level and going off of that. So do you not think it's funny how he, uh, the Ron Rivera story with him, how, I mean, I guess to a certain point you can say, I get it like on the surface that you and Ron Rivera like the same style of football, I guess, but they're nothing alike with the way they coach. Like that's yeah. like he said, yeah, we both kind of have the same football, uh, no. you know, no, I don't Riverboat really Ron think so. It's not the same as the guy who punted for a tie. Yes. And the way that they like Ron, Ron likes to blitz a little bit more. Now I know he's might be blitzing a little bit less because they do have like four first round picks on the D line, which yeah. by the way, did we tell you about 97 last week or did we tell yeah. you about 97 Dick last week? Cole, Dexter Lawrence. Um, you but know, and they ahead. don't coach alike. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. And you know, we'll see Ron Rivera revenge game coming at you this weekend. Um <laughs> So if they there was it's a real though they, that was bad that was breakup was bad yeah no it, it was interesting hearing that because it was he didn't really fire me I didn't really fire him I didn't quit it was a lot of a lot of he said he said there so if they fire Lovey do you think the head coach candidates from last season pop back up I don't think Jonathan so Jonathan Gannon might Gannon might. it seemed like he kind of got hung out to dry in this last go around you know he. At least from the, when during the Senior Bowl, it seemed like everybody that was at Senior Bowl felt left the Senior Bowl thinking it's Gannon's job, right? With McCown as like associate head coach kind of thing, and right. and then just out of nowhere, they just like sight went radio silent on uh, Gannon, and he told them, "Nah, never mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back." So. Maybe yeah, he'd be I mean, still you be start hearing McCown's getting second interviews and stuff. It's yeah. kind of like, uh, because yeah. he didn't, from my understanding, Gannon was very, very interested in the job. He just didn't understand what the structure was and what they were trying to accomplish with McCown. And they kind of just left him out to dry, left him out in the dark. And he was just like, no, nah, I'm not going to have any of this. Well, we'll he did a good job. I mean, I think he made the here. right decision. 
Um, yeah. I would say because I think he's going to get another opportunity and he'll be able to pick the opportunity that's, yeah. you know, best for him. Not everybody is. I took one of these jobs. I took this because it's one of 32. David Coley at his <laughs> opening press that. conference. Some guys are like, <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe I should wait another year and be a defensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, speaking of them being a functional organization, we'll we'll move off the lovey thing for a little bit. So the team, uh, you know, made some waiver claims the past two days. So we saw Eno Benjamin from Arizona, seventh-round pick. He's brought in. Everybody was on their tippy-toes trying to find out if Dare was going to be the odd man out, but the team is elected to go with four running backs. So that would be interesting. So, you know, mm -hmm. Harrison is Burkhead going to be active. Is his role on offense just so important that they I need do. him active? Because Dari's on spe I, Dari special teams. Dari special saying. teams. Do they think Dari's Rex is very that, big. that valuable? He's very special. On, he's very special. He's very functional and versatile on special teams. He's good. And, you know, obviously, you know, Benjamin, probably, he'll be inactive this weekend. I, I don't foresee him being ready to go for this weekend. But the last seven weeks of the season – it's going to be interesting if if Burkhead starts getting phased out. Maybe they say, "Okay, we need to see what we have in Benjamin. We need we see we need to see what we have in Dare Rex." Sorry, you just got to be inactive for the last four weeks of the season, and you know we'll see what happens. You know, both you know, Benjamin's under contract through twenty twenty three, and Dare is under contract through twenty twenty three. Burkhead obviously is not; he's a free agent after this year. So, you know, hopefully. You know, I'm absent the discussion of what they do with running back at, in 2023 with the draft or free agent or whatever it may be. They still need to still need to draft a solid RB two, but hopefully they can spend a few or weeks one A to, one B. Yeah, that too, and try to you know at least try to figure out this RB three RB four role. I don't know if Benjamin played any special teams in Arizona. I haven't really looked that hard at his numbers, his stats, or his snap counts or anything like that. So. You know, obviously, we know with Houston, if you're going to have the highest yards per carry there. Yeah. And but we know with Houston, if you're not a starter and your name's not Rex Burkhead and you're a running back, you're going to need to be able to play special teams. And so we'll see if that's the case with with Benjamin. That's so funny because it's true. <laughs> and then today, if you're not a starter. Your name's not Rex Burkhead. You better be able to bring something else to the table. Yep. And then today, they uh, put a claim in, uh, claimed uh, Amari Rogers out of Green I, Bay. I called him Chester like twice. <laughs> Chester Rogers. Oh, yeah. Three weeks. What was your best memory of Chester Rogers? So, Benjamin is interesting. So, they let go of Tyron Johnson. The His three weeks are here, gone. Um, kind of just held the fort until they got their players back. You know, Cooks is back, back in the fold at least for a little bit. Nico Collins is back healthy. Which is a good thing to see, but Amari Rogers, he's five foot nine, two hundred and twelve pounds, and then they let go of Tyron Johnson. So now you have Brandon Cooks, who's not very tall, Chris Moore, slot 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 wide receiver, and Amari Rogers, who's five foot nine, Philip Dorsett, Dorsett. Who's, who's like six one maybe, and then Nico Collins. So this might be the shortest wide receiver group in the in the in the league at this point. So yeah, it's small. You know, he's, he's definitely a, playing small ball. Yeah, he's a third round draft pick out of Clemson. And he fumbled. He had like he has fumble issues. He got yeah, he got benched and then released. He's he was a punt returner in, in Green Bay. Didn't play a whole lot of snaps on offense, but you know, had some punt return abilities until he kept fumbling the ball until that's when he lost his job. So I really don't know what to expect out of out of um rogers at this point but it's just you know it's good to see that nick's still turning turning over rocks and see if he can find something find a you know not a diamond in a rough but a, a contributor right you're not expecting anything significant out of rogers at this point but he is under contract through 2024 so he's you know it's another player to add to the roster for the future maybe you get maybe you can spend these last few weeks of the season seeing what you have out of him but yeah it doesn't hurt anything the team's first on the waiver wire, so it's you know it's easy easy to get those claims in. You you don't have any competition on them, and if it don't work, then you can release it and you know move on. Just take a take a peek, take two or three weeks, take a look, and see what happens. So that's you know that's pretty much what those two players. I don't really have any high expectations or anything out of them, but 
it'd just be good to see. I think uh, I think uh, I think everybody's a little more excited about Eno Benjamin than they were Amari Rogers at this point. I don't think there was yeah. too too many concerns with with the wide receiver crew beyond what they have. So I think it was more so of you know very beginning of the season is why isn't Pierce getting more touches? Why isn't Pierce getting more touches? Now it's okay. We need to back off of the touches just a little <laughs> bit. You know, it, you want him to be in that eighteen to twenty two you know, carries per game, not 28 to 30, you know, he obviously can handle it, but I just don't know how that's going to wear on him for a full year. And then go into his sophomore year and he starts falling off a cliff already because he was heavily used in the first season. So there's I think just no juice when they bring in a backup back, like every team has it, you know, like every team and, and some of them have like multiple ones that can do different things. Like you'll see someone coming out of the slot or you'll see, you know, Saquon rest for a series and Brita's in there, or uh, you'll see Montgomery and Herbert, or you'll see Hines, you know, coming in with Taylor or uh, even Hilliard and Derrick Henry. Like we, uh, you, we can name the entire, entire schedule and they don't have that. And it, and it, it shouldn't be too hard to get, like you should figure something out. They've got to try to find that. You can't even like, it's sad for Damian Pierce. Yeah, I mean, he's just and he's, he's not a prime. workhorse. That's not or, no, or he might be, but he hasn't been. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah, he's, he's he's figuring out how to be a workhorse after a four year, three year hiatus, whatever it was at Florida. Yeah, I just I don't know. You see his running style, and I just I don't envision him as a complete bell cow type of running back. He he's running so angry, so aggressively. It's almost like like you said, a 1A, 1B, you want a compliment to him somewhere. And I, maybe, you know, Benjamin's that guy, but, you know, probably be somebody they find in the draft next year. But There's hopefully lot. they can oh hopefully, hopefully they can phase out Burkhead the last half of the season here and get Benjamin. Maybe Dari can actually get a few touches because every time he gets one or two touches a game and he ends up running for thir 13 yards or whatever and keeps that yards per carry number up high like Lovey loves. So it's just – yeah, you know, it's been frustrating, but it's good to see them making some claims, making some moves, churning the back end of the roster. You've got to keep that roster churn and keep looking, and hopefully you find somebody. But, you know, that's that's the tough part about it. So, you know, at this point, we were talking about the draft earlier, Texans looking at uh, Tankathon today. Where are they at now? Let's see here. One. One and nine. So. That's – that's coming that's coming down down or up i should say up that's going up next two weeks yeah They're, and then yeah. we'll see Still what happens more. when they come here it's going to be wild i mean they got a tough they got a they got a tough schedule the back half of the season you know they're still let's see here they got buffalo this weekend tampa houston cincinnati baltimore new orleans that's a that's a win for them washington and pittsburgh so they could probably, I mean, it depends on what how rusty Deshaun Watson is, but they could probably squeeze out six game, you know, six wins and end up probably in that. I think it's safe to say we're gonna they'll end up with if Houston ends up with one and end up with Cleveland's pick being around 18 to 20. I think it's pretty safe to say. Really? Maybe maybe 15. But that's still, I mean, that's okay. a good I mean, you're positive you're positive Deshaun's gonna come in with nothing to gain. Um they if if they continue to crumble. They're kind of out of the playoff race. Although the playoff race right now, Indianapolis has four wins, and I think they're a game, a game back. What? What? How many wins are you saying they have? Probably six. Okay, three, six. three wins for the rest of the season. So that puts them, you know, around pick 15, 18, somewhere in there. So I think it's safe to say, but at least that's how I view it. But. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Be interesting. You know, everybody's going to keep watching that. And like I said, you know, two wins for Houston, one of them being against Cleveland would be would be great here. Um, we'll kind of jump off of that, jump back over to the defense. So we were talking about Lovey Smith and what this defense does and how it just doesn't seem to have any imagination to it or anything like that. And the personnel, like we were talking about, I think it's time for Kirksey to come off the field. I think it's time for Harris. Get me started. 
Harris to get the to get the full play calling duties on the field. Joining the show yeah. tomorrow, by the way. Yes. And 11 a.m. Odyssey bring, app. Get, get to talk to Christian Harris finally. Bring in Blake Cashman more often. And, you know, and, you know, you can rotate that third running back or third linebacker, however you want to handle that. There's uh, many players on there, but wanted to get your thoughts on that. I mean, if there's, we know what Kirksey is, it, it's not going to change. And Blake Cashman's a free agent after this year. And he's very good on special teams. He's one of the best on best out of that unit. And, but if you, he seems to show some flashes on the field and he's got good speed. Good. He seems to find his way to the ball, but you want to see how he is in run defense, see how he is in coverage. And the only way to do that is have him get snaps. And just want to kind of get your thoughts on that. Yeah. Cashman strikes me kind of as a guy that's going to be around for a little bit. Uh, but never necessarily be like one of your top linebackers. But but we do need to get a better look uh, at him. I don't know what they think of Kirksey. Like, I'm with you. Like, in a perfect world, you get him off the field and you get other guys in. But he seems like, and, and I know that these guys have slowly kind of drifted away, but he seems like one of those guys that someone likes for some reason. Like, Justin Britt, back. Um, Kamu Gruje-Hill, back. Uh, Brandon Cooks back uh all these all these guys that they like rex burkhead back like i don't like is kirksey gonna become the rex burkhead of the defense like is he one of those guys that <laughs> lovey smith likes because because it, it seems like they like him i could feel like i could see kirko becoming like the rex burkhead of the d oh my goodness that's scary i mean they still send him to the podium he's still kind of one of the leaders uh he is Ooh. He does yeah, seem fine. to be the most engaged out there. Like for for as as oh, bad no, as he's he is, playing his heart out. Don't get me wrong. He's putting yeah, in yeah. He's giving it everything he's got. He's still a leader. That they respect him in the locker room. He's like with the guys a lot. And and I do think you know this isn't like you know Brent, you know Rex Burkhead. I, I I do think that there is some value to what he's doing right now and what he's putting himself through. That's fair. I just think you just got to start like, same way. But same he should not be here next line. year. Let me make it that clear. He better not be back next year. He may be here at least through like training camp. I don't know that you just flat out. They got to get, they got to, they got to figure that out. I think you, you, you look at keeping him around. So he's due $5 million next year. Cap charge of 6 million. I mean, I hate to, I hate to, you know, you hate to drag a, hang a player out to dry like that, but you almost feel like you just, you keep him around at least through training camp and then make a move in the final cutdowns. And that's just brutal for him. But damn. Yeah. I don't, it's depressing. It is. Taking me a little, little back. Nah, he's giving it everything he's got. I just don't think, I just don't, I don't really think that. At this point, he's an every down linebacker. <laughs> no, that's what that's what I'm saying. I mean, maybe and I don't know that he's a good two down linebacker either. So I don't know what his role is. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know that you want him as your third linebacker. Maybe he's you know maybe he's in there on base sets as third linebacker, and they readjust the players. But that seems like a, a whole lot of additional work for no reason at all. So. I don't know. I just think, you know, like I was saying, with the waiver claims, you, st- you try to figure out what, what you have on the back end of your roster. Same with Cashman, same with Jake Hansen. You know, you just got to see what you have in these players. Winning games is not the point at this point, at this portion of the season. At this point, you need to see what you have with the back end of your roster to make those decisions for 2023. And, you know, it's the same thing with like Tavier Thomas comes in all of a sudden. Desmond King's been actually been playing relatively Pretty good. good for this year, especially compared to last year where he's finally back into his position of strength and bam, second week back of Tavier Thomas, 70% of the snaps go to Tavier and Desmond King is relegated to, to backup duty at slot. So I don't know if that's to do with more of, you know, Tavier was a, a top 10 slot cornerback last year, but he's been injured all me most of this year and just automatically gets the job back, but he's a free agent next year. So, I mean, they're, there's places where they're making sense of who's playing just to continue the evaluation and make, make decisions for 2023. But then there's other places with like Rex Berghead, Christian Kirksey. Those are not the players you need to be seeing out there on the field. Those are players that need to be off the field to help you evaluate. And 
I just don't understand some of those decisions. And that's all back to the whole thing with Lovey. I just don't know if he can continue to make, make those kind of decisions, get the younger players out there and, and figure out what's going on. I don't know that he can use this defense in the right way. The right, like we were talking about the personnel. Don't even talk about Stingley. My gosh, look away. If you look at his numbers, because those numbers are just, his statistics are just complete bullshit at this point with the way he's being utilized. And it's very, it's gotta be frustrating for fans when you see everything talking about sauce Gardner, sauce Gardner, sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley, is going to be an extremely good cornerback in this league. Just need a defensive coordinator to use him properly. And I just, you know, it just, it's kind of just frustrating just seeing how everything is managed on that, on that side of the ball. Absent of the offense and how things are going over there, but the defense, one of the worst in the league. And you just see the decisions that are made with the rotations out there. And it just, it, it's tough to watch. It really You want is. me to put you, you want me to put you on the spot right now? Yeah, sure. Because I always like to do this to you because I like to get your brain going. Okay. In less than 20 seconds, put together a list. Like if we were doing draft needs, and it can be anything, put together a list of things that you think they need the most and tell me at what point you get to another safety. So they need... I like well, Owens as a player on the roster, but he, I don't think so that he is the guy defense? that can be starting by Petrie. No, no. Owens should be a depth guy. Yes, I mean, and a good one. And a good he, one. And a guy who yeah. still plays some defensive he, snaps, but were, they need another a, guy next to Petrie. Yeah, if you had a, a defense that played a lot of dime, then Owens would be a very good third safety. Levy doesn't play any dime at all. So there's only going to be two safeties out there. But yeah, you definitely need Definitely need a center fielder so that Petrie can remain inside the box. How big of a need do you think it is? Gosh, it's like 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D at this point. The team needs a center. The team needs a guard. The team needs an edge rusher. The team needs a defensive tackle. The team needs a safety. The team needs, you know, it would, it's like a top five need, but they're all, yes, obviously. I was getting there, but that there's six or seven needs. And at this point, we're, I guess it would just depend on the scheme. If what Lovey would make is, the most impact is, is like, what can you, what I don't it, think it, I, we'll, just, we'll just have to assume that Lovey's here for next year for this discussion. Oh Lord. That's hard. Well, I'm, I, you know, it just depends on the scheme, but you can't Dude, do what, that because they drafted Stingley. Like that's the thing. Like they're not drafting yeah. guys for Lovey's scheme. Like, and I know no. he took offense to it, but like they're not even doing that. No, I mean that's. <laughs> so I don't think it matters what his scheme is. Yeah, there it is. Defensive tackle, center, defense. <laughs> tied it. I see. No, I that's forget. a good list. That's I a even, good list. I don't disagree I with this at all. Tied in too. So it's. Does, did he forget QB? Yeah, he, he did. Does he like it? Ask Chris if he forgot QB because one, two, three, four, five. He has safety at six. Yeah. And it's seven if, if he. Hard quarter, but. If he counted quarterback. Yeah. That's and God, this free agent class is so bad too. It's like one of the worst free agent classes in a long time. There are a few defensive tackles out there, but you're gonna have to pay a ton of money for them, like Deron Payne or or 97 Dexter Lawrence from last week, who's a free agent as well. But oh yeah, you don't think they're gonna do everything they can to keep that? Yeah, I mean they. God, I would hope so. Was what do the Giants look like next year? Joe Schoen's been oh yeah they got sixty million in cap space he cleaned yeah. up everything he cleaned up everything this year he done he did what Nick Casario should have done two years ago but uh, yeah I mean so back to safety I think I mean maybe I, there's a few safeties in, in free agency that the team could look at let's see here let's see who's out there. Jesse Bates up in Cincinnati coming off the franchise tag. Jordan Poyer up in Buffalo. Isn't he hurt? He's 32. He's, he's always nicked up, man. He's He's got he's a lot of heart. He plays nicked up, though. Let's see here. Ooh, man, that list got bad quick. I mean, AJ maybe Moore. they draft a safety. The good you, thing about safety there, is... There's like two safeties. Adrian Amos, maybe, but there's... God, see, every time I look at these positions... 
in free agency is just bad. You can get a good Maybe safety. Maybe you'll get a surprise cut out there. With those, <laughs> with all those draft picks, you can find a safety. You yeah, can find a starter. That, you can find a starter. Yeah, day two. You know, early day two, two maybe three. Like, or, you, you can steal some safeties. There's Chris saying we need quarterback too. So, okay, okay. So, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe <laughs> it's from one of your trade backs, you know, that we're hoping that Nick can can facilitate with that second first round pick and can gather more picks. But yeah, it's safety. And then if you draft a guy, you know, Owens is not under contract next year. Maybe you resign him just to continue depth, or maybe he starts the season off. He started off this season very well. He's just continuing to go down and down and down. And I don't know what that's a function of. I don't know if he's worn defense, out. He's worn out. He's, I mean, well, he's, yeah, he's playing 100% of the snaps for the first yeah. eight weeks of the year. He's fine. But, like, I mean, I, he's a good did player. You see, man. Like, like, those, like those crossing routes on play action where Stingley, Owens, Petrie, everybody is 25 yards the off. Middle the middle is so open in this defense, right. just like everyone always said. Like it is, right. it is open. Right. You know that there do you think there's a double standard? Because I talked about this today. There's like a double standard with offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators that are also head coaches. Cause if Lovey were an offensive coordinator, one of the main talking points would be he needs to get an offensive coordinator. I mean, he this the, he needs to be a walk-around head coach and replace himself as offensive coordinator like it wouldn't it, it you wouldn't even budge but you don't really hear that that much i mean you say it but like the dialogue with fans it seems like they don't you don't even pay attention to it i'm guilty of it too like there's like an offensive bias hmm i don't see that but you're, you're you have a better ear for it than i mean I do you do you hear like a lot of people saying that lovey needs to be that I, I hear people say lovey needs to go but i don't hear and maybe this is more about lovey as a coach, but I don't hear people saying, you know, he needs to get a defensive coordinator. No, it's, there's definitely the, the sentiment out there is more that he needs to go versus he needs to yes. get a defensive coordinator. Yeah. Yes. I would agree with that. I just don't know if the team is looking, you know, a lot of folks, you know, like you said, you shouldn't be making those decisions based on PR, but at the end of the day, that's still going to be a factor in it. Will it? And and I just you know as, as long as he doesn't promote his son, I, well maybe his son be a great coordinator. I don't know, but I just I don't feel like that's that's what even worse look. There's so much nepotism in the league as it is. So I don't know. Oh, it's frustrating. So if you're out there listening in on uh, Twitter Spaces, you can hit the request button. Looks like we got one request in, so we'll get to that here in a second. You can tweet at the tweet at the show on there. We had one tweet come in. If you are on YouTube, post your comment. We'll try to answer the best we can. Man, you're covering a lot of ground there, sir. I am. Got a lot of sources going. So God, that's a lot going on. Yeah. You got an eight hundred call in too or something? Like it is that like an OnlyFans stream? That'll, that, that'll be next. Does Cap have an OnlyFans? Fuck <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, OnlyFans. Everybody can come in and watch me update my Excel spreadsheet with the new cap number. <laughs> oh God! Did you did you did you see that nonsense in the Buffalo Minnesota game? Yeah, I was that? I was streaming while it was happening, and I like I, it. Just seemed it. It was a it, it was really really weird, but I don't know how I would feel if I were a Buffalo fan right now. I don't even know if I'd really be that pissed off about it. Like I know they're in third place. Like some people might panic on Buffalo. I I still if if Josh get, Allen gets healthy, and I think that's the biggest thing. He needs to get healthy because he's really nicked up. I wouldn't panic if I were Buffalo. I like Minnesota. I picked him to win the division this year, but I don't know that minute. Do you think Minnesota is the top two team in the NFC right now? I can't figure them out. I mean, they're they're not on paper. They're not a nine and one team, but my goodness, they just keep finding a way to make to to win the game. And I mean, they have some playmakers. Like, I'm not questioning yeah. that. It's just I just don't I, don't. I don't. I don't see their roster. I don't see their team and think, oh yeah, that's clear. Number two, number two seed in the NFC, and it just doesn't feel that way. The other problem but, is you look at the rest of the NFC and you say, well, damn. There really not is nobody. Deep. Yeah, it's it's a very, very weak conference this year. 
by by comparison. And you know, Philly finally lost their first game, but yeah, I was watching that game and I mean, it was just so much back and forth and then and then Allen fumbles the the QB sneak and Minnesota falls on it and then Buffalo comes back and scores in 41 seconds. I mean, it's just and then Allen ends up throwing an interception, interception in, the end zone. in the end zone. Yeah, it's just it was unbelievable. So we did get one one comment as well and kind of I know we're kind of bouncing all over the place. So can we discuss the field goal with clock running at the end of the game? That was see, I like the strategy a lot. Like, and I th- I think coaches should start thinking about doing that, like inside the 40, 35, because it's actually it's actually harder sometimes to to score the touchdown if you're like playing that close or or to to kick the field goal because you have to set up and you don't have timeouts. So you know, you have better odds if you're trying to go for the end zone or get to where you can get shots at the end zone. So I don't hate the strategy, but if you're going to have that strategy, I mean, good Lord, dude, like, Josh can y'all go a little faster? Yeah, I think that's what the comment was about. The fact that it took them 20 seconds to get that kickoff. They could have had a little urgency. It takes away the whole point. Right. Is You know, if you're going to kick it and then go for the onside, get out there, rush, get it over with, get the kick down and save yourself time to where if you have the onside and you happen to recover, then you still have time to run a play or two. But the other I mean, thing, the other thing that he did, cause this was the first time. And, and I think really like clock management wise, I would, I would have given lovey probably like a, a solid B up to this first point. Half, maybe B first plus. four weeks of the season. I was, he was great on clock management. Yeah. He's and he was great in the preseason nothing. and those yeah. are real reps in the preseason. So I actually think that counts. Um, but the end of this half and, and maybe, I, I think it might be as simple as they were waiting to see if the Giants were going to send the punt team out there, but they called timeout before they got the ball back, but they let like 21 seconds go off the clock before they did it. Yeah, it, it made no sense at all. The way so that may, do you think they were just like scared to actually have to try to stop them on defense and they wanted to make sure they were going to line up and punt? Or do you think they just decided it took them 20 seconds to decide we want to call the timeout and get the ball back because that seems like something you should have decided before y'all went out there. Yeah, I don't. It made no sense, and I I don't even wouldn't even be able to know what they were what the goal was there. I mean, it just they went out there like it was just a normal operation. There was no sense of urgency and no no. I don't know Twice. if there was something lost in communication. Something didn't make it from Lovey to Frank Ross or what happened there so josh that that's our thoughts on that so if you got any other comments make sure you post them up we'll get to it uh leonidas over on twitter spaces has been patiently waiting for a while and i think i skipped him last week so we'll make up for it here and uh there was a couple of other requests on twitter spaces but it looks like they dropped out so if you want to get back in there hit that request button we'll get to you all right leonidas hello hello Hey, how's it going, man? Hey, so when you guys were talking about uh, Lovey, man, there was an article today that came out um, from Sports Score. I don't know if you heard of them. Mm-hmm. And um, they were saying that even though Smith is 64 years old, he still has the respect of the whole entire locker room. But the thing about it is the potential disruption regarding the star receiver, Brandon Cooks, there's a very real possibility chance that Smith could be a Texans second consecutive one-and-done coach. I want to know what your thoughts about that, man. How serious you think that is? Because right now, it's it's looking like this really could be a one and done for him. So yeah, I think there is a real chance for it, and we kind of hit on that a little bit earlier. And I think there's a very real opportunity, or not opportunity, but real chance that, that could happen. But speaking to what what you were talking about was written in the article, having the respect of the locker room, I. Th- I have no doubt that he has the respect of the locker room. I do too. hundred percent. Like actually, actually I'll say this a thousand percent. He has the respect of the locker room. What I, what I question on the locker room is the culture and the relationships among the players and between coaching staff from kind of just little tidbits that I hear from other folks. Things are not all that great on the locker room. They may respect lovey, but there's, just it just doesn't seem to have quite the cohesion among the players that you would like is kind of the sense I get. The problem that you have, um, and um, 
Brandon Cooks is popular in that locker room. Like people, they like him a lot. And I don't think it's like, it's not like a malicious TO or, you know, some tumultuous relationship organization situations in the past where it was just unprofessional and as, as out in the public as it could possibly be. But there are players who really look up to Brandon Cooks and naturally if you look up to so this isn't like this is just like human nature like naturally if you look up to someone and that person feels like you've been following this guy for a year or two years however long you've been looking up to him and now all of a sudden a guy that's been telling you to buy in buy in buy in buy in trust the organization trust the process now all of a sudden he's not even claiming that he knows what the process is like naturally you kind of feel some type of way about things so I don't think that's necessarily Lovey's fault. I think it's just kind of, you know, Cooks's relationship with Jack Easterby. But if you're a player and you look up to someone and he feels like, you know, he's being wrong, you can say you just go about business, but they are human. And it's got to make them like raise their eyebrows a little bit, whether it's at Brandon or the organization, who knows, but there is that possibility. And there are a lot of guys who still follow and look up to Brandon, I think. Yeah. Leonidas, that answer the question? Um, yeah, pr pretty much, man. Appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate it. hanging on and waiting for us. Thank you. Yep. All right. If you, if you want to chat in on, uh, on the mic, just hit the request button on the bottom left there on your screen on Twitter spaces. If you want to chat and I got any questions or you can tweet in on it. So let's see here. If lovey comes back, you can't bring pet back for a second year, right? No. No. I don't think so. No, I mean it. Even if you if you if he drafted another quarterback, I certainly don't think having Pep as the offensive coordinator is the right thing. So, no, I think it. I think the it's going to be a a one and done at the OC for for Pep, regardless of the decision, whatever decision they go at quarterback. A little draft talk: Carter, Young, or Anderson? Who are you taking at number one? Young. Well, if you saw my YouTube short, I'm all on the Bryce Young train now. I'm all aboard. Young, Young or Anderson, but Young preferably. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all on I'm all in on that. Uh, the last game, I saw enough to to give me enough confidence to feel like that that's that's the decision to go. And you know, there's still going to be that continued that continued discussion of building around build around Davis Mills or bring in the quarterback. I'm, you know, if you got the number one pick, you can't waste that opportunity and you can't take the chance. Depending on who's available. Like right. there's some years where you don't take a quarterback. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're not taking Blake Bortles number one versus yeah. whatever, you know, when they should have taken Khalil Malik Mack. Willis. Yeah. No, but for this coming draft if Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, you know, quarterback is the choice to go you you make that you utilize that number one draft pick for that kind of move because if you don't you continue to build the roster around him you'll you still will have plenty of picks the point i'm trying to make is is instead of using your number one you use your number one overall pick for your quarterback now versus if you win seven games next year next year that means you have to use your pick the browns pick maybe a future one or whatever it may be to move up to get your quarterback versus so now you're wasting two or three picks to get your guy versus taking taking your shot now and i understand if the team is not not bought into stroud or young and they don't feel like they're the guys then you know by all means move on but at this point i don't see any reason why you wouldn't pass up on bryce young he's he's got good presence in the in the pocket he's able to move he keeps his eyes down the field when he's moving out of the pocket I'm not too terribly worried about his size. I think he, he's got an arm. Yeah, he he can make all the throws, but I think he he knows how to protect himself when he whenever uh, despite the size issues. So that would be my choice. I you know if they didn't go quarterback, I'd be a little disappointed, but I would have to have a good understanding of why that is. So well, if they get if they don't go quarterback, that means they're getting a bad, 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 bad defensive player, whether it's Anderson or Carter. Or whoever. Yeah. So 
I wouldn't have, I mean, you're getting a, you're getting a bad, bad mofo no matter what, which by the way, we're going to look back at that Jacksonville decision to get cute and take Walker over Hutchinson as one of the, one, one of the worst decisions in, in a long time. Hutchinson's going to be a game changer and he already is changing games. Yeah. He, he, uh, he started a little slow. Walker's not going to be really as good of a player hard. as him. It's not going to be close. Be interesting, yeah. You I, think Walker? You think Walker's? No, good? I'm not, I don't. I know. I think Hutchinson was by far the better, the better. Prospect. They got cute. I, I just don't. But that's that's Dick. That's Caldwell in a nutshell, or I mean, not Caldwell, Balky. Balky, and then that Balky. Can you believe he, he was thing. allowed to do that though? He he apparently has some amazing pull over there to be able to to make that call and. With how they were talking about him and they were talking about the regime, for him to be able to go out there and make a make a ballsy pick like that is wild. Yeah. It's wild. Like, and I I don't know. I'm not trying to take us down that path. No, but no, no. It, that's no, this I think is that's not, just a really bad decision by them. Talk. No, it, I think a lot of I mean, there was some analysts who tried to justify the decision, but they're all measurements. They probably thought Linderbaum sucked because he had short arms too. Yeah. Those are all those scout nerds and that are like, oh, he's Carl got great length, he's got unrealized potential. He's playing well, too. Chuck wants to know, is it possible to trade out of the number one slot at all? Sure. sure. Especially yeah. this year, if someone they likes a quarterback, you absolutely. Yeah. You can get a couple firsts, you can do that. That I would That would be my se- my second favorite scenario. Yeah, that if you're not going quarterback, then you've got to trade. try to sell that pick. Big Man, time. You I get mean, a couple firsts for that. That's a gold mine because someone's going to fall in love with the quarterback. You, you can get yeah. shoot. I mean, if it's someone you, in the twenties that gets desperate. Man, you're talking. You're talking a few you, ones. You got you got the Lions at five who would need a quarterback. I wouldn't put it out of the Steelers, even though they have Pickett. I'd still. Dude, come on. Good. You mean you mean Josh Rosen two point if they have the yeah. number one pick? Yeah. Let's see who's down here. Saints, man, well, they, don't, they don't even have that's a first the Eagles. Round. That's they the Eagles. Have. Yeah, the Eagles have that pick. They ain't going quarterback. Colts, Colts need a quarterback. Falcons need a quarterback. So they're at 14, 15. Buccaneers at 16. So yeah, I mean, Chuck, you could you could have a dang lottery over that pick and pick up all kinds of all kinds of ammo. But then again, you're 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 passing up on on that prospect and you're gonna. It's gonna cost you more more ammo to make the make the same type of move up the following year. I, I just find it hard to believe that this team would, would pull a pull a Jacksonville and end up with the number one overall pick two years in a row. But if Davis Mills is your guy at quarterback, then that might happen. Stop it, <laughs> man. A lot of good stuff on the. A lot of good stuff from the folks listening and I appreciate everybody taking the time to listen in tonight. A lot of good folks out there. More comments coming in. Any thoughts on the Colts future? I think man, it's intriguing. I, it's intriguing, man. And the immediate future is intriguing because man, tomorrow, if Tennessee loses, the Colts are a win away from being a game back in the standings in the AFC South, as good as Tennessee's been and they're already one game back in the uh, in the wild card race, so I, th- I think they are. Yeah, they're they're because New England's the seven seed right now, and they're five and four, if I'm not mistaken. Colts are four and f- four, five and one, or what? What are the Colts four, whatever, and whatever? Like they're they're in the mix. Yeah, the Colts are four, five, and one. Tennessee yeah. six and three, so they. They would be half a game back yeah. if they beat Tennessee this weekend. It's interesting, man. And then what are they going to do in the offseason? Like, does Saturday really play into this? Is Chris Ballard going to be back? Uh, it makes you wonder, like, is you know, is the honeymoon going to be over after eight weeks and Jeff Saturday kind of realizes, like, man, I, you mean I can't go out drinking on Saturday night with Ursay while I'm a head coach? I got to stay in the building and work. Who's to say that? He can do whatever he wants. That's he true. just got a job straight off the ESPN desk. <laughs> you think he but, follows any rules? Yeah, I mean, it, it could be, it could turn into a complete bleep show over there if, if, if Saturday ended up staying on for the rest of the year. And, and I can't imagine if 
Maybe maybe I you think it could, but what is it? What if it works? What I was gonna say was, is if I'm Chris Ballard, I want out of that bleep show quick. I'm like, I gotta go. I'm not sticking around for this nonsense because it's it may look it may it may work for a little bit, but that's gonna turn into a dumpster fire at some point, somewhere down the road. You think? Yes. It may work in the interim. It may work first part of next season if Saturday sticks around. But I just can't. It's all about the quarterback because it it's turning it, it turns into Ursay starting to run the team like his dad used to do, and Saturday becomes his yes man. And any GM that comes into that situation is not going to have any power, any say, and it's just gonna it's just gonna snowball. And so you it, think the long term future is bad? I think the short term future is intriguing. Yeah, I can answer go the question. That. I think yeah. the short term, like this year, is intriguing. Off season, it's gonna be one of the most intriguing off seasons in a long time. That it will be for sure. Promising? Wouldn't say that. <laughs> no, but I well, wouldn't one hundred percent write it off. Yeah. Let's see here. With that Cleveland pick. Are you dead set on whichever the top wide receivers are remaining or a player like Miles Murphy, best defense available? Wrote, you've got so many dang needs. You could you can go multiple directions with that pick. You could sell it and trade back, you know, five, six spots, get you another two, maybe get you a future one. I'm not, I don't think it's set to be on just a wide receiver or a defensive, you know, it could be anything. You can, you can, the team needs, like we were talking about earlier, safety, center, guard, edge, another wide receiver. I mean, that just pick whoever's best available unless you have a great trade package on the table. Sometimes when people say best available, it's BS. It's actually true. That's the one good thing about <laughs> not being time. good. So one good thing about not being good, draft day is fun because best available really means best available. Yeah. Will Levis thoughts, man, he just sunk it this past weekend. I'm I don't know, that, man. I'm hoping that alleviates the hype around him because I am not, I don't, I don't see anything to do with Will Levis. He looks like Davis Mills 2.0. Yeah. I mean, he moves a little better. Uh, if we're being fair, a little. I, I don't, I'm not big on Levis. I, could see Levis be I don't know I mean I think he I could see him going in like the picket range I could see him going in the early second round I just don't see someone falling in love with him and taking him in the top 10 I could be wrong hell you might be, have to clip this video and he's the number one pick for the Texans and I'm just gonna look like an idiot but <laughs> that's that's kind of how I see the Will Levis thing yeah although uh, I don't know when CJ goes either that that's the you know, you see all these early mocks right now, and it's 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 always know, the quarterbacks Trump. though in the mo early mocks. Right, right. But I think when draft day comes around, he could easily be the number two pick. He could easily be pick thirty. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because it's really hard to. He's got so much talent up there. The wide receiver group is so talented up there, especially with Brian Hartman as the as the coach up there for wide receivers, and. Is it going to translate his skill set? He's a much bigger player than than Young. He can make all the same throws as well, but he just he's so inconsistent. He goes, he'll have a quarter that just makes no sense, and he just makes all these horrible decisions. And then the next two quarters, he throws six touchdowns, and it just it just makes no sense to me. I mean, I'm, but that Trump, happens in college sometimes. Yeah, it, there's definitely more flash and more ups and downs with college ball for sure. Hope the Texans are aggressive on day one and trade up into that bottom quarter for a guy they really want. You do that too. I mean, you got plenty of ammo. You can move Would've around. Nice to have an extra down. second rounder, you know. And then you definitely do that, you know. But you, yeah. sometimes you don't get the trade done. <laughs> sometimes you just don't. Sometimes you just don't get the trade done. Then for whatever reason, you just don't get it done. You could have a second round pick. You don't get it done. Whatever reason. Maybe they get that second round pick in the offseason. I don't know. Might be more like a fifth. Oh, I see what you did there. That was cute. Stroud equals EJ Manuel. 
Mm, bold. Bold comp. I don't even think they play alike. No. Chuck may be off on that one. Chuck yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think they really play alike. Second round pick or a fifth round pick. There's no way you're getting a second round pick for Brandon Cooks in the offseason. You can you can stamp oh. it, record this, blast me on Twitter when it happens in the offseason. Well, I think you would love to be wrong about that. Well, I would love to be wrong, but it's not happening. It's going to be a fifth round pick. Fifth round pick. Unless they want to take on some money, maybe it'll be a fourth round pick. If they they'll get a second the, uh, in the offseason. They'll play the, they'll play the mm. uh, how much How much money do I want to pay to get that draft pick to go up another round or two? Not a great receiving uh, group, though, free agents. Nope, it is not. Let's so, see here real quick. But it's a very good draft. <laughs> is it? I haven't really looked draft. that hard, but it heard it was... Like there was more top heavy, not a lot it's of top depth. heavy, but yeah. that's top heavy. When you start talking top heavy, you're talking, you know, second, you're talking second round. So wide receivers on the free agent market. Landry is correct. It is a who's who of wide receiver threes and fours. Yep. Nelson Aguilar, DJ, DJ Chark, Marvin Jones. He's 33. Julio Jones. That's even worse. Byron Pringle, no. Alan Lazard, maybe. Mm-hmm. Jacoby Myers up in uh, New England, but I think they're going to resign him. Juju Schuster Smith, he's actually having a decent back half of the season. Kansas City will probably try to resign him. Texans great Randall Cobb will be a free agent. <laughs> He'll be then, retired. Yeah. Nikhil Harry, golly. Matt Collins. Yeah, I'm telling you. So it's bad. Oh. Yeah. That's the point. It's bad. Yeah, I mean, because so I was, if you I mean, can eat, maybe before if you all can this, before all this nonsense went yeah. down, I was big into yeah. You draft another wide receiver on in day two, early day two, to kind of work in behind Brandon Cooks, and then but now it's you're going to move Brandon Cooks and got to get a guy in here and start working fast because Nico Collins is going to become your wide receiver one, and he's not a true number one, but he's a very good, probably like a 1B, 1A kind of guy. Maybe he keeps progressing, but. Damn, tap the brakes, man. Let him become a solid number two before yeah. you start saying he is stuff a, like that. He is a solid number two. I mean, geez. I like I like the progress he's made, but let's slow down a little bit there. You're going to you're gonna set him up for failure. Just let, it, just let him become a number two that can stay on the field consistently. Why do you before say we let start- him become a number two? He is a number two. No, a number two. Not a number two here, a number two. There's a big difference when we're talking about players, okay? There's a number two here, and there's a number two, like a solid number two receiver. That's so you're what saying, I'm saying. if you put him on like the Minnesota Vikings behind just Jeff, Jeff, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, he would not be wide receiver two there. Correct. And if you do that throughout the league, there's times where he's behind three. Okay. Fair enough. I want him to become a number two. Davis Mills uh, is QB one, but I want him to become. I want them to get a QB one. He's QB thirty three. <laughs> no draft is, trade. Is Kyle Allen thirty two? He might be. I don't want him to see the field. Keep doing what they're doing. I'm afraid they're going to bring him out in like week fifteen, and he's going to string together a win, and it's going to ruin. All this nonsense. Nick better be up in Lovey's ear. Kyle Allen stays on the sideline. Yep. Chuck is out of his mind. All right. That's an hour and four minutes. I don't see any other comments coming in. There you go. Just a prisoner to the comments. Just just not ready to perform. I'm a man of the prisoner to the comments, man of the people trying to let the folks get their voice heard. Prisoner of the comments. So Kenyon green is going to get another peek at a very good defensive tackle group this week. We'll see what happens. It's going to be another week where the Houston fans get to see a potential free agent defensive tackle out there wreaking havoc on the interior line to Ron Payne. So we'll see if, uh, 
Jonathan Allen, I don't think he's a free agent. I think they just signed him. Cap, yep. keep your focus. They were signing him. Yeah, so it'll be You were doing a hell of an outro there, and you just stopped in the middle to check if Jonathan Allen was a free agent. I can edit that out. So that's that's not a man of the people right there. That is a man of people. They wanted to know, is Jonathan Allen a free agent or not? No, he just signed a big extension. Cap, pay attention. Deron Payne, so keep an eye on him. See if he... See if he makes you excited as a potential uh, signing for this team next year or or they just go to draft, draft everything. Thoughts on sending Cooks and future picks on – whoa. Come okay. on, what are we doing? Stop. No. That's, I don't want to play Madden right now. No. Detroit. I'm not going to check him. This last one. Biggest acquisition for him. Vet. That's your biggest acquisition? That is your – See, you're just letting the comments berail you now. I gotta start right. screening these. I gotta start reading them before I click show. Yeah, yeah. You're. you're I'm you're, sorry, you're. unexpected truth, man. That that. No. Yeah, Kyle Allen is a veteran backup. So yeah. yeah. All right. Appreciate everybody listening in. You can follow me on Twitter at Texans Cap Cap and Trade YouTube channel. Mr. Landry Locker always. Thank you for your time tonight, sir. All right, man. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Landry Locker and the Locker Room on YouTube. Daily content being pumped out over there, if not more than daily. So, like, go to bed. <laughs> Cap is on some something right now. Goodness oh. gracious. All right. Let's see. I'm hiding the comment box now. That's what I need to do. It's not even. There you looking. go. All right. No, I appreciate everybody. You know, folks on Twitter Spaces, I appreciate you listening in. Thank you for all the comments. And uh, we will be back next week, same time for the Captain Trade Show next Wednesday, nine o'clock. Landry, have a good evening, sir. You too, man. All right. See y'all. We'll get the podcast version out soon. Everybody, have a good evening. Thank you. <laughs>